0: Boldness is acting anyway, even though you understand the negative and the reality of your obstacle. Decide to tackle what stands in your way, not because you're a gambler defying odds, but because you've calculated
1: them and boldly embraced the risk. Ryan Holiday from The Obstacle Is The Way. Hey, I'm Joe, that guy right over there, the good looking one, he's Kurt, and we are
0: dudes in progress hello kurt hey joe what's shaking my friend i've been busy you've been busy holy smoke have i been busy (laughs) so i uh i started i started a new job with the old company new job with the old company that is going very well i think it's just my way of doing things when i jump right in i jump right in because i think i may have said this about every endeavor i've ever started i feel like i'm drinking from a fire hose (laughs) (laughs) but this time i said i like the taste of the water i guess you could say that's great i was trying to remember it's already been you're on your second week aren't you already yeah i'm wrapping up my second week uh tomorrow time flies Yep, and uh, I'm heading down to West Texas next week. Listen, to some old business, some introductions, and some reintroductions, and uh, handle, uh, handle a few issues, and uh, maybe uh, create some new ones.
1: <laughs> you never know.
0: <laughs> very exciting. New endeavors. It is very exciting, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about it all. We are in the second part of The Obstacle is the Way. And I'm pretty excited to kind of dig right into this, right into the second part. Uh, last week we covered uh, the, the Obstacle is the Way. Of Co- the Obstacle of the Way, of course, is a book by Ryan Holiday that Kurt and I are both reading and gleaning a lot from it. Much of Ryan Holiday's writings are based on his, uh, his study of the Stoics and their philosophies. And you can certainly see see that shine right through in his in most of his books, uh, and this one is no different. The obstacle is the way. You and I talked about perception, and we asked ourselves some interesting questions last week, and uh, gave uh, gave a few stories that were certainly insightful as to how we handled uh, certain parts of our life. The book is divided into three parts: perception, action, and will. Three sections, very distinct sections. We covered perception last week. This week, we will cover action. I don't know if this week we're going to be filled with stories like we did last week. I mainly want to go through this second part, action, and talk about the the four parts of this segment that I got the most out of. Uh, This second part of the book, action, is divided into several Subsections, or I don't know if you want. I don't. I don't even think they're divided into chapters. They're divided into these subsections. But there's the discipline of action. Get moving. Practice persistence. Iterate. Follow the process. Do your job. Do it right. What's right is what works. In praise of the flank attack. I think we talked about the uh, the flank attack uh, last week, didn't we? Right. We did. Uh, In praise of the flank attack. Use obstacles against themselves. Channel your energy, seize the offensive, and prepare for none of it to work. Mm-hmm. Now, we can't go, we can't dig deeply into each one of those sections, uh, each one of those parts of this section of this part two action. I pulled four of these sections that I got the most from. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think that's a great way to
2: you know, get focused. Yeah, I was going to say, I think perception was kind of, in a way, was a nice revelation for me, how important perception plays in getting over obstacles that we perceive things. And what we think the problem is, is really important. How we, how we conceptualize it. Action science seems, and it's obviously you got to take action if you're going to get past any obstacle. So this is not surprising, but I think there are some nuggets in here yet
0: to, to discover. So I'm curious to see which ones you pulled out. Changing our perception of something doesn't change the reality of it. It just change, changes how we look at it. And that's what I think I'm, I got most from that part is it doesn't, changing our perception isn't lying to ourselves. It's not telling ourselves it's not there or it's not real or it's not what it is. It's just looking at the issue, the problem, the obstacle, the whatever it might be, in a different way, and choosing to do that, the power to choose to do that, to look at something in a different way, to change our perception so we become unstuck in the problem. So I love that. I loved our discussion.
2: I'll get ahead of myself a little bit. This is going to be part of my win for the week, but I've been staring, and my wife's been making fun of me, my daughter. This jungle that I had on the side of my house, overgrowth, right up against my house with vines and underbrush, complete disaster. I'm going to put some posts in our Facebook group about this so you can get an idea. You know how vines can just grow and twist and there's some other plants in there that are just obnoxious. And my perception of that was (laughs) I don't want to tackle it. (laughs) It's just too overbearing. But I started this week, and I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. We'll talk about the actions that I took this week. I'm really actually quite proud of it now.
0: Many times, our uh, our perceptions don't even exist, hmm. right? We have this, we play this movie in our head about what we think the problem's going to be, what we right. think the action is, is going to be, and what we think the result is going to be, and we play that movie over in our he- uh, over and over in our head, and that can be paralyzing exactly if we if if we think it's too hard part of the take action part it's ancient wisdom it's age old, age old wisdom that we've heard many many times but i just i i grab onto this like like it's uh it's the it's the great truth that it really is so we have those sections of of action uh, from the book i pulled the most from get moving follow the process no surprise there, (laughs) use obstacles against themselves, which I'm still kind of struggling with, to be honest with you, and prepare for none of it to work. When I got to that section, I was surprised it was in there because we'll we'll get there, but it's looking at something for what it is. Uh, It really is an
1: enlightening and refreshing part of his work here. So let's get moving right into getting moving.
0: You played baseball. You played Little League. Absolutely. I love baseball.
2: Did you play in high school? I did play in high school. Yes. Yeah.
0: I played baseball up until I think junior high. I didn't go much, much further than that. I kind of changed my, my personality a bit when I became a teenager and sports was not as important. But I remember, I remember playing baseball and I was, I was always one to, um,
1: To swing the bat, given the opportunity. And that didn't always work in my favor, but I thought it was better than not.
0: Uh, Ryan Holiday in this section talks about just that. Take the bat off your shoulder and give it a swing. You've got to start to go anywhere. Now that seems like simple language, right? Right. That seems like like simple advice. So often we wait for the conditions to be just right. So often we rate for us to have just the right level of energy,
1: or just the, just enough money, or just, uh, just the perfect scenario,
0: or we want something to happen. We, we don't take action because we, we want something to happen to us instead of us making something happen. Mm. And when I think about swinging the bat, when I think about swinging the bat versus just letting it sit on my shoulder. I've been, I've had times where I just let the bat literally when I'm at bat, just sit on my shoulder. And that's because I was waiting for something to happen to me. Now in the baseball analogy, we'll stick with that. What do you think it is? I was waiting to happen to me. The walk. Absolutely. The goal, the goal when you're up to bat is to get on base, right? Now a walk is a good thing. You have to be smart and not, swing at everything, on-base percentage is, is a very important statistic in baseball. But more often than not, when I, see, when I see kids especially just not swing at all, more often than not, it's not because the pitcher hasn't thrown a good pitch. It's because they're waiting for the walk. Yeah. They're, they have too much anxiety, too much worry about striking out, that they want the walk
1: to happen to them versus them making the hit happen. I'll tell you a little little league story. You made me reach back
2: into my memory, Joe, but I was playing, I was one of the best players on my little league team. I was, matter of fact, I was drafted on, I think it was an expansion team and I was put on that team as like the first player when I was 11 years old. And one of my friends, you know, those kids that grow up real fast and they're like six feet in Little League (laughs) as 12-year-olds. Was that you? No, this wasn't me. This is the pitcher we were going against this particular game I'm thinking about. And he threw hard, and he was tall and intimidating. And kids were leaving the bat on their shoulder a lot. And they were beating us pretty bad, 10, 12, nothing, something like that. Well, I really like to swing.
1: I told you before, I think I'm a free swinger back in my Little League days. And Joe, I will
2: never forget the feeling of this one swing I took against this picture in this game.
1: I never felt the ball hit the bat. That's how sweet this hit was, how pure it was.
2: And that ball went over the fence, over a neighbor's fence and into their yard. And it was a moonshot too. Like just went straight up and long. I never hit a ball so far when I was eleven years old, and I just floated around the bases. But I never would have hit that ball if I didn't swing. And that was one of my best memories of my little league career. Despite the obstacle, despite oh yeah,
0: despite this, he threw hard. You know, he was seven foot, seven <laughs> foot seven foot giant, seven foot giant uh, of a kid. That everybody was intimidated by, and maybe you were intimidated by him too, but oh, yeah. you knew threw hard. you knew that swinging the bat was
1: the better option. Yeah. Yeah. One of my finest moments in the little league. You know, we, we can't wait until conditions are exactly to our liking, right? We, we can't wait until
0: we feel ready just because we, just because we don't feel ready. It, we don't get a pass. If we want momentum, if we want things to happen, we have to create it ourselves. We have to do it right now just by getting up and getting started. I want to use another story.
2: I was talking about this jungle I had in the side of my house. Lots of vines and plants that were twisted and turning. I mean, it's one of these things you look at, you can't walk through it. That's how bad it was, Joe. And pretty big area. I said, you know what? I am going to get moving. I got my manual clippers out, I said, all right, I'm just gonna, like for 30 minutes here, I'm gonna just see what kind of progress I can make. Maybe I'll try to cut through to the front of the house with this. And to my amazement, little by little, you know, it's funny when you're going through brush like that, it looks so intimidating, like you're not gonna get through it. And one thing pulls off and another piece comes off, and oh, look at here, what if I clip this? Well, if I clip that, start pulling stuff out. Oh, there's a little bit of a path. And before I knew it, that whole, I worked my way right through to the other side. And I got encouraged by that too. I was like, you know what? I think I can tackle this jungle. And I got motivated
1: and I worked on it a couple of days this week and I'm doing, it's it's coming out great. Can you think of a time, Kurt, that you didn't take action? And regretted it. Yeah, joe uh, the house I'm sitting in right now. When we were
2: started looking for houses, we were in a condo. We had my young son Harry was born. I think Lindsay might have been born already too. Yes, yeah, she was. She was at the condo a little bit when we first got married. We were there for five years, and we were look started looking at houses. We had an appointment up in this neighborhood to look. I think at a couple houses. And this house came up on the market that day, I believe. The realtor was a friend of ours from where we worked. He did real estate part-time. And he said, you know, I can get the lockbox for that house. The bank owns that house. When we looked at this house, to my mind, boy, it had a lot of work. (laughs) There were, it needed roof. It needed driveway. Trying to think the the room I'm sitting in had a hole in it where they ripped an antenna out. there was just way more here than I felt comfortable with, and I would not I did not want to make a move on this house. I did not want to put a bid in it. My wife and I think her dad probably worked on me and convinced me that we should make a bid on this house, but we ended up bidding, bidding really low, and the bank said no immediately and about. A month or so went by. I still was not high in this, but they came to us and said, "You know what? The bank's going to come down to us." I think I don't know if it was a a little bit lower. Yeah, it wasn't our price, but they came down on it. And that day, my wife said, "Let's do it." She was all in on it, and so I finally came, you know, came kicking and screaming. Would you believe that we had had a we had a plumber come in and he was bidding on this house too and he was so mad that we got it because it was a friday that they called us and i told them yeah we'll, we'll we'll move on that and and that's how we got it and it ended up working out you know really well in the end because we immediately had you know we bought it at a low price we had equity in it right away which was fantastic
0: so your wife took the action so <laughs> you did didn't. that's right I never would have moved on this house. I have a similar story, but this is a, this is a purchase, a a similar story in that this is a purchase a few years back. And, and those of you who know me, I know, you know, the story, Kurt, um, my car was caught in a flash flood and, uh, it was totaled and the insurance company wrote me a check for the value of my car, which was not the resale value. I mean, it was not the replacement value. It was the market
1: value of the car. Mm -hmm. So I've always prided myself on being an expert car buyer. I do my research. I'm
0: patient and typically have the money to make the purchase right away. So I had the money because the insurance company wrote me a check. I kind of had in my mind, okay, here's, here's what I'm going to do. Here's the process. And I knew that I would be patient. I knew that. Here's, that's my process. The very first car I looked at met my criteria almost perfectly. It was almost an exact replacement of the car that I that I lost in the flood. Uh, it was a year younger. It was. Uh, it had a couple couple different amenities on it that I that I liked, and and the price was right. the I, The price was spot on right. But I had it in my head. That no Joe, this is how you do it. You're patient. Let's just wait. Let's just see what happens. Let's see what comes up. You could do better, you thought. I could do better. There's, you know, this is the first car. So I said, nah. I made an offer. That was kind of lowball. They did, they declined it. What I didn't realize is I didn't, I didn't realize this, this, the market at the time. Mm. The used car market was different than the used car market that I
1: was used to. And they said, no, well, I went back a week later or oh, no, not even, not even a week later, about three days later, because I started to see what the price of used cars were. And I thought, wow, <laughs> that was a good deal. Yeah. And a few days later, when I went back, the car sold. <laughs> okay. This would
0: have been the perfect car. Right. Quite honestly, all your this needs. would have been the perfect, yeah. perfect replacement,
1: but I was stubborn. And uh, I, I thought, no, there, there's going to be something, something better come along. Well,
0: about six months passed <laughs> before, I, before I could really find something that I liked again. I regret that right now. Yeah. I, that's something that I, I should have taken action on. It met my criteria, but I had, an, I had ego invested mm. in doing, some, doing things a certain way. I think you end up doing worse than that first. Opportunity. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, the car that I have now is 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 great. I like it. It has every, It has every amenity and nicety that the other car had, but I paid a lot more for it. Right. Because that's when that's when the used car market just started the spike. Yep, I remember, and that burned you up. It tore me. It. it, <laughs> it <laughs> you it, were happy. It was right. But the but go you know to go back to go back to the point. You got to get moving. Right, you have to take that first step, and see where that first step, the the tiniest of steps, see where it takes you. Take the bat off your shoulder, swing the bat. Uh, If you're not used to swinging the bat, practice a couple times. It's okay because practice is part of taking action. Taking action, getting moving. Swing the bat. You get information from that. You get feedback.
2: You learn something. You know, if you take a swing at a ball, like I'm talking about with that pitcher. You usually know if you're late, you know, you're, you're going up against a hard thrower like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, our high school coach would say, Hey, start your leg, your front leg earlier. You got to look where he's in his windup to time it. And you're going to have to get your body moving, you know, a little bit faster, a little bit earlier than you're used to. And if you're going to hit a a pitcher that throws that hard and that's kind of what I did, I'm sure I took a swing and, you know, missed it.
1: But you get feedback from that. If, if you don't take a swing, you'll, you don't know where you're at. <laughs> Absolutely. So you have to get moving. You
0: have to take that first step. If you want to defeat this obstacle, you must take that first step. And it can be the tiniest, smallest of steps. And you build, and you build on that momentum. But you must, you must take that first step. So that's get moving. The next part that I really gleaned from this section is follow the process. Now, this is, this is my baby right here. This is my favorite mindset. Whether it's pursuing the pinnacle of success in, in, in whatever field you've chosen uh, or, or trying to simply survive an ordeal that you're going through, the
1: same approach works. Don't think about the end. Don't think about the end. Think about surviving. Making it from meal
0: to meal, from break to break, checkpoint to checkpoint, paycheck to paycheck. Just one day, one step, one moment at a time. Develop your process. Have in mind the the steps you're going to take to defeat it, whether it's whether whether it's right or whether it's wrong. You'll learn whether it's right
1: or whether it's wrong as you go. But follow the process put yourself into a regular routine
0: and follow the process like i said paycheck to paycheck one day at a time one second at a time one moment at a time the process is about doing the right things right now and not worrying about what might happen later or the results or the whole picture it's just following the process and i've i i may have brought up this for the third or fourth week in in a row. But James Clear, in in Atomic Habits, one of his big points is to fall in love with the process and the results will take care of themselves. Just fall in love with the process. So once once you develop your process, and this says the process is about doing the right things. We really don't know what the right things are, quite honestly. We know what we think the right things are, we know if we've, gotten, if we've received counsel or coaching or instruction or mentoring, or we've read some books on the problem,
1: or we've, we've, uh, we've tried to um, seek wisdom, we think we know what the right things are.
0: So we have to start doing them. We have to develop our process, stop worrying about what might happen later, and take, and take this one step, one moment at a time. Don't worry about the whole picture. Don't worry about the end result. Just take it one step, one, one day, one second at a time.
1: Yeah, I like the example in the book that he gives.
2: And maybe you remember what coach he's talking about here. I'm, I, I got some of the quotes written down, Joe, but it's about being a championship football team to win the national championship, you know, great coaches in that area have a process, probably have a proven process too if they've already been successful. And they're gonna tell their players, hey, don't think about the national championship. Yeah, that's the goal, but let's think about and concentrate on this drill, this play
1: today. You know, being on time for the meetings, being at practice, giving it your all. You know, do all of these
2: things that we've done in the past to be successful. And it'll, it'll work. You just don't worry about the future. Just worry about
1: you know that game. To that game. Don't worry about the next game. Let's work on the game plan for, for today. And
2: it'll all add up and get you close. I mean, you're not always going to win the national championship.
1: But you're going to put yourself in a position to win. So coaches have a game plan when they start off. They have a, in fact, many NFL
0: games are scripted for, for, the first six plays, right? Six, six to 10 plays. So they have a game plan when they first start off. Now that game plan adjusts as the game moves forward. Yeah. Then not someone Based say on new- everyone's got a plan until someone hits you in the mouth. Yeah. That was Mike Tyson. <laughs> That's right. <Yeah>. Mike Tyson. <laughs> Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> that true about football great. too. That is a great one. That's right. (laughs) But coaches have a plan. They have a process that they've put together and they follow that process and they make adjustments to that process uh, as they learn new information. They may, they, they may see that, Hey, this, this team has a little more energy than I thought they have. We need to, we need to move differently. Uh, It it may be that uh, the, the starting quarterback got hurt in the first play of the game. Yeah. Now they have to deal with a whole new quarterback, right? With a whole with a whole different skill set. They have to make those adjustments, but they still start off and they still follow their process. Well, I think even they strong start-
2: teams, you know, have their backup quarterback for instance ready to go, especially in the NFL. I mean, my gosh, the way players go down, you got to have the next guy up it has got to be ready to go. They can't be not knowing the
0: plays. (laughs) You have to to get moving. You have to start. You have to take action. Once you've done that, put together a process that based on some level of wisdom, some level of instruction, some level of coaching, whether you're self-coached or what, put together a process and follow that process. It, 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 it's about, again, it's about not worrying about what might happen later,
1: what the result will be, or the whole picture. Just take it step by step, day by day, minute by minute. Next, the next part that stood out to me was use obstacles
0: against themselves. And this is something that I want, I'll need to revisit in this book, but I really want to honestly grasp this concept. Uh, we get so consumed with moving forward that we forget that there are other ways to get where we are heading. So how do we use the obstacle? If we have an obstacle, if, we, if we've put together our process and we're following the process, and uh, we have this
1: obstacle ahead of us still, how do we move forward using the obstacle against itself?
2: I'm I'm sorry, I'm going to use the same example I've used before, but we will
1: reiterate. This, again, was in World War II. The Germans' blitzkrieg depended on speed,
2: shock, and awe. They expected the enemy to be
1: just intimidated by their power and their force, and they did. They took over nearly all of Europe. If it wasn't for the English Channel, they probably would have had a good
2: shot at England also. And we talked about Eisenhower, who took a step back and used that against them. He knew there was a weakness there
1: somewhere. There had to be a weakness. He was confident of it. And what he realized is they weren't protecting their flanks.
2: They were, especially the Battle of the Bulge, they were running out of resources. They couldn't get fuel to the tanks fast enough. They were going so fast, they couldn't keep up their supply lines. They also noticed they weren't defending their flanks, which left them vulnerable to be surrounded by the Allies. And once they were surrounded and the weather broke,
1: they had air superiority. It was a turkey shoot, Joe. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it broke the backs you know, of that. German army at, at that point in time. I think about jujitsu, Kurt. Yeah. In jujitsu, one of the key elements,
0: I believe, if there's any martial artists out there specializing in jujitsu, correct me if I'm wrong. But one of the main tenets uh of jujitsu is to use the momentum of your opponent against your opponent. Yes. Uh when they attack you, use that momentum to pull them forward. And to move them in the direction they're, they're headed, but strategically so you can take advantage of that direction. Right. How we implement that in our life daily, in our, in our process, and, and in our progress, uh, I, I'm, I'm noodling on, Kurt. I'm just being honest with you. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm a harder still- one, isn't it? Because that person
2: coming flying at you is not an easy, it's not easy. You have to train yourself. How to react, because your, your, your natural reaction is to hit force on force. When really, yeah, we were taught, I didn't do jujitsu, but I didn't even, even in karate, someone takes a swing at you, there's a way to absorb that blow to take it, to take it in, to take it back and block it and let mm-hmm. their, they're going to, you know, they may even fall over because of that force. I was thinking of Rocky Three, when Clubber Lang was just, he brutally beat the hell out of Rocky in the very beginning of the movie. And he was a killer. He was motivated. He was just a monster. And he scared Rocky Belboa. He was intimidated. He was really not wanting to get back in the ring with him. And through, you know, the motivation that he gets into, I don't know whether it was a big speech by his wife or what have you. <laughs> I mean, I don't recommend this. Rocky knew one of his advantages, he could take a punch.
0: <laughs> and he, he could take a punch, but also he used that clubber Lang's ferociousness yeah. against him, the, knowing the, that he would have this rabbit attack mentality. Right. Tire mentality him out. He wanted to. Th- and tire him out. Yeah. He used that and against tire him. him. Out. He, beca- he, he became in the best shape of his life. Yeah, he was blocking he, too. He was blocking a lot of those
2: shots. Right. Right. And antagonize him too. He would.
0: Tell them, give me some more. That didn't hurt. Right. <laughs> great. Great scenes. I great love moves, those Rocky, Rocky, movies. Rocky movies are great. I love those Rocky. movies. I do too. You know, in the book, uh, Ryan holiday says the best way to get what we want might be to reexamine those desires in the first place, or it might be to aim for something else entirely and use the impediment as an opportunity to explore a new direction. That's a fresh way of looking at an obstacle, isn't it? Yeah. To say, okay, here is this thing in front of me. Here is this problem. Uh, I can just I, I can just barrel through it, or I can take a step back and examine it, and examine whether this is an opportunity to explore a new direction. You know, to explore. What my desires are in the first place. Because I think ultimately we all desire the same basic things about, about happiness and health and, and the desire to leave a legacy. Uh, if we have an, a, an impediment to those things, we might use this obstacle to explore a new direction. Yeah. Same, same goal. But use this obstacle to say, okay, is there another way? Yeah,
2: don't get attached maybe to the the thing that you think is, is the way that's going to get you there. You know, I wanted to use another, there was one really interesting part of this book too.
1: Again, this is two great armies are talking about going head, head to head in battle. And it's very
2: courageous to, to hit head on. They did a study of 30 conflicts over 280 campaigns from ancient to modern history, this brilliant strategist, his name is B.H. Little Hart, and his conclusion was only six of the 280 campaign, campaigns was the decisive victory a result of a direct attack on the enemy's main army. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I think they give examples, too, of George Washington in the Revolutionary War. I mean, he could not go up against. The greatest military force at that time, which was the British Army, and expect to have any
1: army left. And he played a lot of dodge and retreat, unfortunately, uh, evasive tactics, guerrilla tactics. tactics, too, especially
2: hiding. You know, they always talk, I remember in high school history, hiding behind trees and rocks. And the British would stand out in the open; those kinds of
0: tactics. One of the one of the classic one of the classic examples of this. Uh, I guess we're going to stick with war analogies, right? <laughs> one of the classic examples of this is uh, Lee's defeat at Gettysburg. Lee, General Lee, was poised to win this battle at Gettysburg. Right. Uh, he he had a better plan and he had uh at first he had better ground but he made a decision he felt that he felt that the uh that the union army was uh weak in a certain spot right and the the classic pickett's charge if you remember your 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 history lessons mm-hmm. pickett's charge yeah. where what they did is there was, the, there was this Union army right there in front of them, and, it, and instead of uh, strategically outflanking them or taking the high ground first, Lee just decided to run them right up the middle, and it was a slaughter. Mm. It was a massacre. Right. I love that statistic about uh, how, how few battles or wars have been won just running right at the enemy. Right. The best way might be just to re-examine those desires in the first place and see if there's another way to go around Mm
1: -hmm.
0: this this obstacle and re-examine the direction you're headed. So that's using obstacles against against themselves, and we'll wrap up with prepare for none of it to work. This section surprised me because I'm used to books like this being completely positive and completely, (laughs) you know, hey, you can do it and motivational. Well, Ryan Holiday has this section of action that says, prepare for none of it to work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Perceptions can be managed. Actions can be directed. We can always think clearly, respond creatively, look for the opportunity, seize the initiative. What we can't do is control the world around us. Not as much as we'd like to anyway. We might perceive things well, then act rightly and fail anyway. Run it through your head like this. Nothing can ever prevent us from trying, ever. Right. <laughs> despite, despite the fact that we try, despite that we put together a plan, there may come a time that it just doesn't
2: work. <laughs> I like this quote from the book. Sometimes no amount of planning, no amount of thinking, no matter how hard we try or patiently we persist will
0: change the fact that some things just ain't going to work.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: He also says, listen, we have it within us to be the type of people who try to get things done, try with everything we've got, right. whatever verdict comes in, and are ready to accept it instantly and move on to whatever is next. Ready to accept it instantly and move on to whatever is next. Now, I think we have to be careful with this mindset to prepare for none of it to work because that, this doesn't give us permission to quit early.
1: Yeah. This gives us permission to follow our process, do the work, respond creatively, look for opportunities, take the initiative, but also,
0: once all that is said and done, yeah, it might be over. I
2: had one of these at work this year, Joe, something I persisted at for quite some time. I mean, this went on for about nine months. It's not like I was hitting it every single day. I had to wait for some things to to happen. So this is a technical challenge or obstacle, trying to integrate with an external third-party system. And most of these are around security and doing in such a way that would make our Security people for my company. I work for a financial company. We have to be very secure in everything that we do, especially when transferring data. And they they had a very specific outline of what had to be in place for us to to do this integration.
1: And I talked to, I worked with several different people over, again, a number of months.
2: It was a nice to have for us, but it would have been a win for other folks in doing this type of work. And I learned, a but I learned a lot through this, but it, when it finally came down to it, I got, we got involved with the vendor and that, you know, we got really down to very specifics of what we needed. And they quite frankly, just couldn't support it at the end of the day. Hmm. And I worked, I even made another effort talking with some of our people. And they, at one point we just said, you know what? We're calling no joy here.
1: <laughs> this is not worth it. Now, what could happen in the future, that vendor at some point could put in place the, what we need.
0: And that's when we would pick it up again, but not until then. So that's a very interesting term that you, you used just now. Yeah. We're going to call this no joy. No, that's a, a term we use. up.
1: My manager has used that. He, sometimes he has some good ones. We're calling no joy. Explain that to me (laughs) that term, you know, it's it's a fun term because it's not that
2: we've not been persistent or not. It's not that we haven't tried because we all know in this particular instance, we've had some other situations where, you know, you just keep hammering something you're getting pretty sure that there's probably not being a good ending for this.
0: It, it you know it it's recognizing the failure yeah. it's but it, it's kind of a fun way of saying okay we're not going to get in a funny way we're <laughs> not going to get what we want out of this <laughs> right. we're going to call it no joy i'm definitely stealing that one <laughs> thank you I'm i like that one too i'm stealing that one yeah yeah so there's there's a refreshing attitude here to to say okay you know what i'm going to give myself permission to prepare for none of it to work but i'm not going to give my permission to to not, to, to not move and to not follow the process and to not take action and to not be creative. I'm not going to give my per- myself permission to not do those things. I am going to say, okay,
1: after I've genuinely done it and I've creatively even tried to use the obstacle against itself, I
0: can be prepared for none of it to work. And you know what? My life is going to be okay.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of times it's when fine. that door is just shut. And that's saying something, too. If That door is shut, and it,
2: it's not budging. I don't think it makes a lot of sense for you just keep
0: slamming on a door that's not going to open. Beat your head against the wall because it feels so good when <laughs> you stop, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know what, Kurt? Let's wrap that up right there. I, like I think that. this was a good discussion. This was a d- good discussion about taking action. Uh, I loved our discussion last week about perception. Uh, I like this discussion this week about taking action. Next week, you're going, to, you're going to go over
1: Will. The third part of The Obstacle is the Way. What's your win for the week? Well, I've been talking about it. I've been attacking the jungle, Joe. And I really... You know, would you believe
2: I've talked about all the brush and the weeds and everything all tangled up there was a tree growing in there <laughs> no kidding <laughs> yeah it was about i don't know six to eight inches in diameter you know i i have this little wow i have this little chainsaw that's an electric chainsaw so i knew it could handle it but i cut into it this morning the first thing i did and my my chainsaw got caught in It wouldn't cut all the way through. It got stuck. The top of it was all tangled up and in the branches and everything. And I had to get another saw to saw the other side just to get it through. But and my gosh, pulling that out of there and cutting every vine that was hanging it up. What? But once I finally got it out of there, what a huge difference! I got like this middle section nearly cleared out. So I'll I'll work on it for probably another week. But I am amazed i'll you'll wait till you see the pictures of what it looked like before and what it's going to look like when i'm done but yeah that's my my win for the week which will
0: continue the rest of this week well my win for the week is very similar uh it's a, it's about a household task that yeah. i've been putting on oh we talked about this on saturday
1: yes okay oh, yes. I can't wait to hear the so, progress uh <laughs> I Of course, I'm rebuilding from the flood,
0: and uh, there's some small stuff left to do that I'm doing myself. Well, there's a lot of small things left that I'm doing myself. One of those is a light over the sink installed into the cabinet over the sink. So there's a a flush mount light that goes into the cabinet over the sink. And I've been meaning to install this thing, but it requires cutting a hole, uh, a six-inch diameter hole. And um, I wasn't sure whether I had the right tool to do it. Uh, I didn't want to deal with the mess of the sawdust flying all over the place. Uh, I didn't want to deal with the the possibility that I would cut the hole wrong and then screw the whole thing up. And
1: honestly, I was just kind of being lazy. I said to myself, okay, today, all I'm going to do,
0: and I had already outlined the hole I did that. I did that weeks ago yeah. <laughs> today. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to make a small cut into the, into this, just a small cut. I'm going to take the drill oh, and not even a cut. I'm going to drill a hole up through the center of this, uh, of the, of the hole, the soon to be hole, uh, and see what happens from there. But at very minimum, I'm just going to do that. All right. right. So I did that. I drilled the hole and I stopped. That's all I did that day. Wow. So Sunday, what I decided to do was I said, okay, today I'm just going to see if I can use my jigsaw to make a cut from the center of the, from the, from the hole that I drilled to the outside perimeter of the soon to be hole. So I put the jigsaw up into the, into the hole and turned it on and it kicked back a couple times, but it started, it started moving and actually it moved with, with a fair amount of ease and it made it to the outside, to the out, to the outside of the hole, the soon to be hole, the perimeter in a second and a half. I mean, just, yep. just like that. All right. Made it through. And I said, well, that was easy. <laughs> let's try to make Let's try to make another cut. Well, that was easy. Let's try to make another cut. Well, that was easy. Good. Let's try to, let's try to cut around the perimeter. That wasn't as easy, but not as hard as I thought it would be. Let's try it this way. And within 15 minutes, the whole hole was cut. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) And I know it's a weird win for the week. I realize that. Okay. You've been working on this for how long? I don't, this is, this is my life, dude. You
2: know, (laughs) I'm Uh, not laughing at all. It's just, uh, I have the same answer. I have the same problem
0: with this jungle I'm attacking right now. Right. And, and um, it's so funny because, had I not started, I wouldn't realize how easy it was. I know. Because I had this narrative in my head about how difficult, messy, I didn't have the right tool, it was, I was going to screw it up. Had I not tried a little tiny sample, just a little tiny sample, not the whole thing, mm-hmm. had I not tried just that little tiny sample and say, all I'm going to do is this little thing, I would not have realized how easy it was.
2: But You know, I think I get the opposite sometimes, too, when I, you said how it went well. And it worked and it was, you were doing well. Have you ever had the opposite where you get started and it doesn't go well? And that can motivate me too to say, all right, I'm going to solve this thing. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to get through this. And then I'm there
0: for well, hours. Well, that, that's, that's, that's a point that I was going to make Curtis. I can't tell you how many times, and I have to be careful of this because this is why I like to do things incrementally. This is why I think it's always wise to, to just commit to one small step at a time. I can't tell you how many times I've said, okay, I'm going to knock this hole out in, in a half an hour, and then we're going to dinner with friends. Okay, honey, let me just do this real quick. Oh, well, yeah. That's famous last words, I know. Yeah. And then I get halfway through it and realize I'm too far to stop, <laughs> and it's going to take me 10 times longer than I thought it was going to take. I know. Honey, honey. Call those guys. We can't make it because (laughs) I I need I need I need you to hear. I need you here to hold this pole (laughs) up while I drill this hole. You know I do know. So there we go. How about your resource for the week?
2: I'm not sure where I got this inspiration. Somewhere during the reading of this book, Joe, I remembered a video on YouTube, a TED Talk by Simon. Sinek, I think, is what you're Yeah, Simon Sinek. Yeah. yeah. How great leaders inspire action.
1: And maybe it was because the way he introduced this. Again, this was one of those topics or ideas that really resonated with me.
2: It says people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. So it's a fantastic Ted talk. It's pretty short. And he goes into, of course, some of the classic examples of like Apple. You know, they're just a computer company. And why do people wait in line for six hours to get the latest iPhone?
1: I think the name of his book is start with why. Yes, that is the book. Excellent book. He, he also has a video, I mean, he, he has a, a, a lot of videos on YouTube.
0: He, he also has a video that talks about leadership and the quadrants of yes. leadership and, and, and a study that the SEALs did about the types of leaders right. and, and uh, capability, what, it, what was it, capability versus capability, the, the quadrants were capability and attitude or, or something like that. I'm not going to go into it because this is your resource, but that's a really good video as well. Yeah, this is also very much about leadership
1: and he uses, oh, I don't want to give a, the, the example really, I think that he leaves with is Martin Luther King's, I have a dream speech.
2: And, you know, this was before the internet, there was no Twitter. How did the word get out? That he was doing the speech and a couple hundred thousand people showed up in Washington, D.C. And, you know, leaders inspire us. Because they tell you they tell you why. They're not going to tell you what they're doing. They, t- they, they get you to believe. They get people who believe what you believe. To do amazing things. And that, I think, again, getting back to my Walt Disney. When they were doing Seven Dwarfs, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the first animated film, Walt had the ability to inspire his creative people to take this risk. I mean, he put it all on the line. Everything they ever made from that company was on the line for an animated, full featured film. He acted out all the parts one night, bought them dinner, and they stayed up late one night in the office, and he inspired them with this dream that he had to build this movie and, and they did, they worked their tails off over several years. And especially the way they did animation back in those days. So yeah, that's, that's my resource. How great leaders inspire action.
0: Well, mine's a little more practical, a little, maybe I don't want to call it silly, but I love these little homemade hacks. Yeah. And this one is, uh, and I love, I love again, a, a simple process to so you don't have to attack a bigger problem. All right? Simple little steps so you don't
1: have to attack a bigger problem. I know you can buy something like this off the shelf, okay? But I hate cleaning a shower. And I hate dirty showers. I don't like dirty bathrooms. I
0: don't like dirty showers. Uh, so I found this I found this little formula.
1: I don't know where I found it. Probably on the internet somewhere, and I've been using it for years, for years. It's a it's a homemade spray shower cleaner that you
0: spray when you're you spray a couple times a a couple times a week after you get out of the shower. You just mist it into the shower. Yep. Now I think there is a product like this.
2: My wife just off the shelf <laughs> she just told me like two days ago, don't take a shower. It's got to be. Doing its thing for the next sixteen hours or something. Oh no,
0: that's not this. <laughs> oh. That's not this. This is a this is something that you just do as soon as you get out of the shower. Okay.
1: Now, because of the because of the because of the ingredients, it, it doesn't smell great. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but it works really really well. <laughs> one third water. One third, Dawn dish soap. And one third vinegar. Yeah, I like the smell of if vinegar. You, if
0: you <laughs> if you take that that formula and shake it up, and have it in a little spray bottle next to your shower, and just mist the shower as soon as you're done out of the shower. Uh, done I'm talking about the shower, the shower curtain. No. Yeah. No. No. Just mist it inside the shower. Just. Okay. spray it inside the shower Oh, so it falls on the ground on the floor and so it floor? falls on the walls yeah. on the ground okay. the 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 warm shower the the, the everywhere it, it, everywhere okay just mist it in there okay. A couple five sprays or whatever you'll never clean your shower again nice it's a good hack i like it i'm gonna tell my wife well she listens to our show you know joe pretty much most saturdays well, She'll never listen to me on stuff like this because she hates my laundry sheet. <laughs> she likes your How about little, your- what's that little smiley face scrubby thing? Scrub daddy. Scrub daddy. Scrub daddy. She likes that one. Yeah. Hey, I've had a lot of little cleaning things, haven't I? That's weird. I never realized <laughs> I didn't that. I know you were a very domestic. I'm very domestic. Uh, what's your quote <laughs> of the week as we wrap up?
2: We must all either wear out or rust out. Every one of us. My choice is to wear out. Theodore Roosevelt. That was in the book, I believe.
0: Kurt, I was one copy and paste away from using that exact quote. I I really like, huh? I was one copy and paste, but I, I decided to say, you know what? I'm going to, I've used enough from the book already. I'm going to find something uh, that, that, that I really, that I really, that really resonates with me. That comes from a stoic. All right. But I like that. but (laughs) I do like that quote. I do like that quote. Listen, we're going to rust out or we're going to wear out. Yeah. I'd rather wear out. I like it a lot. It kind of reminds me of kind of reminds me of those t- those t-shirts that you would see with the old lady kind of kind of sliding into a grave with a cigarette in one hand and a <laughs> bottle and a glass of wine in the other. You know? I, I haven't
2: seen that but I like the the image it just gave me. <laughs> it's hilarious,
0: That's, man. It's hilarious. Well, I got to look that up. I don't know if, if I Google that <laughs> will I get that t-shirt. You might. You might. Yeah. Yeah. And my quote is from Seneca, one of the classic Stoics,
1: hang on to your youthful enthusiasms. You will be able to use them better when you are older. The reason I like this is because my kids, my kids
0: always, they, they, they don't make fun of me because I think they like it, but my kids uh, uh, are always poking me about how immature I am. Oh, that's about how playful. I'd wear about that badge. How,
2: I'd wear that badge with honor.
0: Yeah, and I do. I do. I agree. I always tell them they'll they'll they're going to catch up with me soon. If, <laughs> you know, uh, my 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 grandkids think I'm perpetually eight. The but I, I do have that attitude, and it has and it has served me well. I'm I, I'm I'm able to take risks because I kind of have a youthful youthful way. I'm, I, I like being playful. Uh, I I like coupling that youthful enthusiasm with some wisdom.
2: Yeah. You know, actually a topic I wanted to tell you, I want to put in our future, Joe, I was listening to a podcast talking about beating anxiety. This guy had anxiety for years and years and years could not, he tried everything
1: and just, I don't remember how he stumbled across this, but the word is play. He just
2: started a little bit of play in his life. Mm. Started with a baseball catch during office hours, and yeah, the anxiety—I don't want to say it melted away—but it was the start of something that he discovered, and he started
0: digging deeper into what he called play. I can't wait to to dig into that subject because we've on this on this show we've handled some pretty meaty, some pretty deep subjects. Yeah. And uh, let's, let's do something a little more lighthearted for, yeah. the, next, for the next section. It's good. Maybe I know we've, we've got some stuff to cover here with the obstacles away, but Leia, let, let's cover something a little more lighthearted, yeah. a little more playful. We dig into that because I think it's important. So our website, Kurt, is dudesinprogress.com, dudesinprogress.com. Our email address is dudes at dudesinprogress.com. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, ask us questions, give us insight, give us input. Um, tell us what your thoughts are. Dudes at Dudes in Progress is the perfect place. Uh, another great place is to join our web, our Facebook group at dudesinprogress.com slash Facebook. Uh, there you'll be able to leave comments about the show. You'll be able to interact with other community members and uh, get deeper insights to what we're talking about during uh, this episode. So our website, again, is dudesinprogress.com. Our email address is dudes at dudesinprogress.com dot com and as we leave on this thursday evening remember progress is better than perfection so keep moving forward i think we did pretty
2: good this week joe but we could always do better we'll try a little better next week we certainly
1: will take care my friend